Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Outside Voice Studios podcast. I'm your host, Bo Spencer. Today on the show, my guest is an amazing writer, actor, poet, educator, and street artist. Uh, She came out to the desert, hung out with us for a few days. We got to paint, cook, and uh, really catch up and talk about, you know, pretty much everything. Books, art. It uh, It was a really good time. We had an amazing conversation on this podcast. I hope you guys enjoy it. Without further ado, truth. Truth. What up? How are you? I'm doing really well. Thank you for asking. Hi. How are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing great. I'm doing great. It's uh, it's good to have you out in the desert. Good to have you in the studio. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Thank you for hosting. Absolutely. I'm um, uh, I don't know. I'm like a serial host. Anytime I get to have somebody out at the house and I get to cook and throw down, it's uh, I take advantage of that very heavily. So, thanks for coming out. Yeah, I appreciate it. It's so beautiful out here. Yeah, it's definitely calm, definitely uh, peaceful and quiet, and definitely one of the reasons I moved out here from, uh, I had to get away from the city a little bit. Yeah, you're all over the city. How do you like the city? It's a love-hate relationship, but I will say that doing street art has helped me fall in love with it all over again, Mm. because I can drive down the street and see a friend's work and go, oh shit, that's so-and-so stuff, and then I can text them and be like, I just saw your stuff, and then I also just kind of feel part of the community. And not so alone. Yeah, totally. The street art community, that is fun when you can just ride down the road and see murals and then text that person and be like, yo, good shit, homie. That's dope. That's dope. Um, So when did you start? How long have you been, uh, you know, sticking your work out in the streets? How long have you been doing the street art? Um, I started with stickers back in, I believe, May 2018. So it hasn't been that long. It's all very new. Good. Yeah. Good. How did you decide to jump into that? Did you see somebody else do it and you were like, fuck, that's awesome. I want to give it a try. Because you're out there. You're, you're, <laughs> you're reckless. You're all over the place. I love it. I, I, <laughs> I don't know about reckless. but um, Well, I used to work right off of Melrose. So I was a personal assistant to a family that lives in that area. So I saw the art all the time. And I just had this huge stack of writing that I guess I was always a little bit insecure about and didn't really know what to do with. Mm. So I just kind of thought, well, fuck it. Why don't I put it on some stickers and see? Because it's, I mean, it's so cool. And I I just love the artistic community. I'm like, I'm just going to do it. That's sick. And But how is it for you, because that is your writing, how is it? to do that anonymously now or something that you wrote as yourself or did you write them from another perspective you know how is it how is it to create something and then go by a pseudonym and then you're not the person that's getting all the credit it's great in the streets because you don't have to worry about the legal problems but as far as your connection to the work do you feel like that affects you at all I'm always very connected to the work and it's not my birth name that I'm putting out in the street but it's still me and it doesn't change my soul my thoughts my brains it's just a different name on there so it doesn't really bother me and it's honestly at this point I answer to so many names it's kind of insane (laughs) (laughs) that's great yeah I mean uh so truth where did that come from I love it because not only is your poetry beautiful and powerful uh, powerful and vulnerable, but then at the end you sign it with truth. And it's like, damn, nowadays in the fake news culture and the social media clickbait culture, you really don't know what's, 
what's truth, what's fact, or what's fiction? And you're out there dropping truth bombs on the people. Where did, <laughs> where did truth come from? I think that was a little bit of a happy accident. It was one of those moments where you just kind of have a vision and see it in your brain and go, oh, that works. But I sign it, T-R-U parentheses, T-H parentheses, period. So the true part is kind of like a name. So it's someone's name, like a human being. Yeah. And then I just saw in my brain, oh, truth, speaking your truth, which is, I mean, just talking about life. Because, I, I mean, I was having a conversation with somebody and they were like, there is no such thing as truth anymore. There's only my truth. And they're actually relating to the work. They're like, it's only, there's only my truth. So this isn't the truth. And I was like, well, that's the point. You, you just proved my point. It is my truth. And it's... I, I don't know. I like that. I think that the true thing, it's, it's honesty. It's yeah. being authentic. It's being genuine with your work and with yourself and not putting out half-assed bullshit. I, I, you know, you've heard me several times hate on the Mickey Mouse projector yeah. people. But, and no offense to them, but it's, it's, I, I think that what you're doing, especially it being your own words, your own work, and then you're risking your time and everything else going out and putting it up in the streets because – this isn't your full-time job just yet you've also got another job which that would be affected if something if you got caught up yeah. but but I think that um I think that the honesty and and the truth <clears throat> acronym and how you break it down so that it is so that it is a person's name or it is it's an entity in itself it's an identity you know I think that that's powerful um so who this writing where did the writing come from have you always been writing is that something that you picked up in school or tell me a little bit about that um, I've been writing since I was a kid. Nice. So I wrote random little stories. I would write random scenes and plays and then put them on. And then my uncle was actually probably one of the biggest influence when it came to my writing. So he would push me to write and we were pen pals. So he was always asking me what I was reading and he was making sure that I was writing. And then, you know, growing up, my parents were very big on you have to read every day. You have to read for half an hour. You have to do it. You can stay up as late as you want, as long as you're reading. So I just love story, and I love writing. So I've always had a journal. I was always just needing to express myself and talk, because I grew up very shy. I was a very shy kid, but I could write whatever I wanted in mm. any of my notebooks, and that, that was freedom. just, that was my place, yeah. That was my place. That's sick. Um, so when it comes to, when it comes to writing, poetry as opposed to stories there's do you go into those uh are, are those processes similar for you or are you in completely different mind states uh mind states when you're doing different genres of work honestly every day is different mm. so i if we pointed out a specific piece i could say oh this came from a certain thing but there are some like especially if they're little conversation pieces sometimes those come from stories that i've written and aren't finished or are and they're just kind of sitting there other ones I'll write, I'll journal for a while, and then something will come to me, and I'll just kind of play with it and start playing with form and language. It all just kind of depends. And sometimes someone says something in conversation, I always write it down because I always have a notebook on me hmm. or my phone with the notes are ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Just anything. I'll try to pick out anything, and it just depends. I just write it. Yeah. Now, do you do a lot of physical writing, or is or are you a tablet, iPad kind of? You just mentioned the notes on your phone, but when you actually sit down to like create a piece, do you, you know, is it is it on paper or do you do that digitally? 
I fucking hate the computer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, everything is by hand. The notes on my phone is kind of like a necessary evil, yeah. especially if I'm running around in my day. And my phone's usually somewhere nearby, so it's easy to just type it in. But I prefer to write by hand. I like try to journal every day by hand. All my pieces are usually, or most of them, are written by hand first. Then I'll go into the computer, and that's normally another edit. So I'll form it on the thing. The notebook usually has scribbles everywhere. Then I'll go in edit it again when i'm putting it into the computer that's great yeah i like the physical side of things i don't use an ipad for my sketches or any of my design work um i i do everything hand sketch and then i'll have gubs usually scan it up and then we'll make digitals out of it but that's uh, for me it's the same way with books you know I, I have to read the actual book there's something about you know like that's my dopamine is flipping that page and it getting a little thicker on the left side you know it's like I read every book with a pen. Yeah, oh, nice. I write all up and down the margins. I know I'm not writing papers on books anymore. I'm not being tested on them, but I can't help myself. I still have to write my notes. If there's a like a little piece, the way an author describes something that's amazing, I'm annotating. I'm putting my notes down. It's crazy. I love it. I think that that's great because then whenever you pick up, I'm a person that picks up a book. I like to read it a couple of times and at different times in my life so that I pull different things from it. And then you see your notes from that. It's the same with journaling. You know, a lot of a lot of people say that it's weird or whatever, but I think that it's great. You know where you are mentally. I mean, it's the same thing as people that strength train and they keep track of their progress that way. I think this is like keeping track of emotional progress or like, you know, the inner progress and what was really going on because there's something about those pages you don't lie to yourself or if you do it comes out a few pages later you know it's also just kind of looking back at your own personal history mm, yeah. so who was I at this point in time so not only in your journals but also in your books like there are a couple books I'll revisit frequently and it's so fun to look at my old notes and go oh this hit me the last time what was I going through sometimes I'll cross I'm weird I'll cross reference with my journal from that time to the book and I'm like oh right this makes sense now but then something completely different hits me this time around it's hilarious. I saw on your story one time uh, just a, a book that you had opened up, but you had something circle and then above it you'd written, what the fuck were you thinking, bro? Or like just you were talking to the character like, no, why would you do that? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's most of the books on my shelf. I do that all the time. I'll show you the one I have with me right now. It's kind of the same. That's amazing. I love that because it is it's it's your experience with this book like it's sacred to you, you know, it's not like, and that takes away, I was a person that drew in my high school and junior high textbooks too, I couldn't help it, but um, I, I just, I just think that that's super cool how you just tear through the pages and, and add your own writing to it, um, so who are a, a few of your favorite writers or authors or what, the books, what are a couple recurring books that you lean on? Oh, the ones that I reread? Yeah. Uh, Franny and Zoe by J.D. Salinger. I just gave you that one. That's one of my favorite books. Um, I also really love Gone with the Wind because... Really? Really. Wow, okay. I found it. Actually, it's a funny story. I saw it at Walmart when I was a kid. I think it was in seventh grade. And I was like, this is a giant book. I know it's like one of the classics. I have to read this. I'm going to read this big-ass book. And I'm going to show everybody that I can read. But that character, Scarlett O'Hara, is... Such an amazing female character because she is so strong and she has always just been, uh, I guess, like a character that I looked up to. And also, it's a woman who wrote that book, Margaret Mitchell. What was the time frame for that book? Well, when was it, it written? Oh. Or what's the, what's it's the about, time period? It's about the Civil War. Okay. Um, I don't know what year it's written. I can look it up, though. Okay. 
but I mean, it's pretty old. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a that's that is a huge book. I think that it's funny how there are certain books or certain writers that you're kind of drawn to them. It's like, or why is it so important that we read Hemingway, that we read Shakespeare? I mean, there's a billion books out there, but why do we feel drawn to those, to those power? I feel like those are the innovators when it comes down to writing, you know, and creating in that, in that format. Well, I'm really drawn to Fitzgerald because Mm -hmm. he has such a beautiful way with language and the way he describes something. Like he doesn't just describe it. He describes it so vividly in a way that you wouldn't normally think about it, but it's so realistic. And then Bukowski, Mm. he just writes in a way that is so relatable, and you've been there before. I mean, he had dealt with a lot of booze and, I mean, not so great things about women, which is kind of frustrating, but the writing is great. And I can just, I love how matter-of-fact it is. Mm -hmm. And then Fitzgerald is a great writer as well and I love his language his his prose is almost like poetry in a sense the symbolism is beautiful and then he also dealt with a lot of alcohol issues in his stuff too so I, I'm like drawn to that I've noticed and Hunter S. Thompson is great well yeah those are yeah top top of my list for sure Bukowski I mean um what is it it's not how well it's not how it's how you walk through the fire. That book, Hollywood, is another great book of his. Um, my favorite is Slouching Towards Nirvana. I have not read that. Oh, it's great. It's just a collection of his poems. But he's, he, yeah, those guys are just matter of fact and relatable. Um, so at what point? You know, actually, let's circle back to yeah. the uh, to the strong, powerful woman that you were just speaking about. Isn't it interesting how that book? still holds relevance now or how you know certain pieces aren't written and then years later they can still hold so much relevancy do you think that that book holds especially with the whole women's rights movement going on now I mean women haven't been able to vote for you know it's been a very short amount of time you know black people in this country also I mean this country is still very young a lot of the issues that we faced are still you know very close to the surface how do you do you think that that book still holds any relevance or any water to today, um, especially for women? That is a very heavy book because it deals with the Civil War. So it deals with slavery and it deals with landowners. And also, I mean, the main character of that book is a woman and it is written by a woman. So, yes, I would say there are a lot of topics in there that are important to talk about. And... um that's just always been one of my favorites. I don't think it's going anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't think that was going anywhere. It's it's like history mixed with literature, which in in a, I mean, all literature is history because every writer is writing in their time period. So it's all just kind of a little time capsule of the world they're either writing about or living in. Exactly. So. It's the artist's job to document their time in yeah. in, in life, yeah. It's um I think that's interesting. Also, we were talking last night you had uh you tutor also on the side. Um you were working with a young man and I forget which book you were telling me that you were reading with him. But it was Frankenstein, Frankenstein which was written by a woman from but from a man's perspective and yeah. you broke that down. Go in and tell and tell the listeners a little bit about the, what that experience and how that how that kind of felt. 
oh how when we were reading it yeah we were only reading the first 14 pages yeah um well i think it's cool which i tried to emphasize to my student which was you realize you know this is a woman who's writing this and that in and of itself is amazing and i kept trying he was trying to read through it so quickly I kept going, stop. I, do you even know what you just read? Do you realize that someone and a woman sat down here and took the time to write everything that we're reading? Do you have a new appreciation for it? She has something to say. So we're going to sit here and we're going to break this down and we're going to read it. And he was like, but this takes so long. And I said, well, I don't care. I still read like this. I don't care because I want to know why this person took the time to write this for me to read. I think that that's important, reading. And reading, I've only started reading. I've always been a bit of a reader, but only in my late 20s have I been the type of person that's like, okay, I'm buying these three books, finishing those this month. I'm going to reread this one. Every like every month I reread Stephen Pressfield, Do the Work, and Turning Pro, just to, you know, it's that mental uh, re-engagement. It's that refocus. Um, but there's, I think that it's, an, it's seriously important to read, and it's also seriously important to understand that authors are artists. They sat at, you know, I mean, it's, it's the haunted writer. They sit at the blank, it, it's the haunted artist. We sit at blank canvases, blank pieces of paper, and then create something from scratch that comes from inside of us. And when people are just flipping through reading the book, not paying attention to it, not caring about it. Well, it's the same thing as when we spend so much time on a painting and then someone just flips by it on Instagram, you know? It's like, you don't even know what went into this, you know? And uh, I think that education right now, it's funny. You you get a little older and you're like, fuck, I wish I would have paid a little bit more attention in high school and junior high. And uh, I wish that I would have just had my shit together a little bit more and understood the importance of what what this institution was about. Because I don't think any kid's going to take it seriously, of course. But I think that now it's so important, and that's one of the reasons I do read, is to try and self-educate myself. And on everybody has subscribed to this recreational outrage culture, but none of it's informed. Nobody sat down and read the constitution, but everybody wants to bitch about it, you know, and uh, nobody's doing the reading. Everybody's doing the clickbait headline, like quick spark notes of things. Uh, Do you think, do you think that's an issue? I mean, what do you think about that? About what the, the instant gratification, the culture of instant gratification? I think the the instant gratification, but also the swarming of misinformation by people that only read headlines, you know, or people that haven't. I mean, we got a president that was trying to launch nukes out of hurricane. Like if you were informed, if you read any, if, I don't know, it just blows my mind. Do you think that there's a problem with the do you think that there is a lack of reading going on now? Or do you think that there is do you think that there are people reading more or less than ever? I think there is a lack of reading. I think there is a lack of education. And I think when it comes to schools and education, we just want to cover so many things in such a short amount of time that everything isn't always given the time that it should. So everyone's rushing through the books or the kids are worried about their grades. Everyone's worried about how can I get a good grade? So they want end result instead of process. And I think that's the problem. We or our culture doesn't celebrate process, we celebrate end result. 
and the art and the writing and all of that is process. Life is process. But we, we are always trying to, to go to some kind of end. Yeah. But I don't know what the end is. It's just the process. Well, the end is fame. Everybody wants to be famous now, you know? It's but fame doesn't last. Exactly. Exa- well, and that's what's got people confused. Everybody wants the instant gratification. And I think that... It, as a t- as a tutor, as an educator, that's the most important job. That's one of the most difficult and most important jobs to educate. How many kids do you think go through a classroom in a day? If there's if there's six periods and then there's thirty kids in each. Th- I mean, Jesus Christ! How are you supposed to educate those kids? And then that education does it stop at the end of the day, or do they go home to? Parents that sit down and read with them or encourage them to read and encourage them to do their homework and help them understand what they're reading. I mean, as opposed, that's something, you know, it's like the education can't just stop when they, when the bell rings, you know, it has to go on. But we also have to take better care of our teachers and stop treating, you know, football players and Kim Kardashian, Instagram influencers, like they're the, they're the top of the the totem pole. Like that's, that's what we want to be. No, I mean, Teachers are literally changing the future by sculpting young minds. You know, that should be one of the most important things out there. Um, but I just, I didn't mean to get on that rant. Um, oh, no, but that's totally fine. I agree. I think teachers need more respect because they deal with so much crap. I only deal with a couple kids, and I... I mean, I, I don't work in with public school children normally, so that's a whole other issue. So I can't even imagine. We've got overcrowding in classes. It, no wonder everyone is just kind of going bananas. Well, now we expect our teachers to carry guns in the classroom and protect children if there's a school shooter. It's just, it's ridiculous, you know? Teachers are often required to decorate their own classrooms and provide their own their supplies. Own that doesn't make sense to me. That makes no sense to me. That's ridiculous. Yeah, that's absurd. That's absurd. Well, we need to do better for education and for our teachers. Kids stay in school and show your teachers some love, you know. And read. Yeah, definitely. So let's get back. I'll I'll circle around. We'll get back to some street art now. So you, again, I said it before, you're all over L.A. You are on every corner, every electrical box. I mean, you're really doing some street time out there. I would not say I'm on every corner and every electrical box. I've got a You're couple. Of, uh, yeah, there. I'm trying. I, I try to go slow. I'm trying to go slow because I know if I just go crazy, I'm going to I'm gonna lose steam and I don't want to lose steam. Yeah. So I'm trying to go this one box, this thing. And I, I want each piece to look a little different. I mean, I, I've been going with the heart. I like that. And I, I want to see how text can interact with the different images, but also keep it recognizable but how can I change that what can I do once again emphasizing the text and the words because that's that's what I do when I first saw your work I thought that it was wheat paste I thought that you were wheat pasting a bunch of stuff and then you told me that it was actual stickers and now you've started using a pretty uh, pretty intelligent stencil system I don't know if you can talk at all about that but um talk about using stencils Uh, how long have you been using stencils and is that something that you think works really well for what you do or is there something else that you could be doing? Um, so I've been using stencils since June of 2018. Uh, there's a street artist in LA named teacher who is kind enough to teach me his screened paper stencil technique. So that's pretty rad. And I think it, 
it's really great in helping me get more stuff out there and on a larger scale because with the stickers they're pretty tiny and I can sneak them in a lot of places and I do I always have some on me but with a stencil technique I can play around with different images I can play around with the text I can put it on boxes I can put them on walls I can just have more fun with it yeah yeah, no, and especially you got to be quick out there, you know, so a stencil when it comes down to word stuff, definitely. Um, now, do you do any any studio work? I mean, do you, have you started painting? What are, what, you know, where is this going for you? Because you've been doing it for what, you said a couple years now, so no, not, well, not a little over a year. A over a year. Yeah. So where do you think that, where are you trying to take this now? You know, what's next? I would love to start putting paintings together putting them on canvases or I'll probably do a lot of paper like frame paper just because I like the romanticism of the paper and writing and you know that's what I do so probably a lot of paper um I don't have studio space that will probably change soon so that's been the biggest issue because I've been working out of my bedroom Mm. and those paint fumes and that glue is real toxic and super smelly And I got to be careful because I don't want to be sleeping in that. So, you know, I've mostly just been giving away stuff right now to the street and making the stencils there and doing that. So eventually, as my space grows, I'm sure that will give me the time, the energy and the space to, you know, create and explore in a new way, because this is all pretty new to me. And then I would really like to continue writing and I'd really like to write a book like I would love. I was just going to ask if you'd like to write a book and do you have any book ideas in mind? Do you have like some old pieces that you've just been holding on to for years developing over time or would you just start with something brand new? I started working on one. Oh no. Yeah. Uh huh. Did you just see like the sparkle in my eye? I'm like, I started working on one. Yeah. Um, it, it has to do a lot with transition. So it'll probably, I don't know. I'm still kind of fucking around within my brain. I've been writing. I tend to write in a very um, sporadic and spastic way. So I'll get an idea. I'm like, this this needs to be a moment. So I'll write this down. I'm like, okay, great. What's another thing? So it's probably going to move a lot. I feel a lot of movement in it. I don't nice. know how else to talk about it, but it'll go like back and forth. And yeah, I write weird. I, I, I can't. It's hard for me to outline. Like I have a basic outline of what I want to happen, but then my brain goes bing over here there's something so organizing that holy cow yeah I can't imagine I know that organizing paintings are difficult I can't imagine organizing like a 300 page book because you don't seem like the type that's going to write a short hundred page (laughs) short hundred page book I feel like I feel like you're going to have some thickness on it yeah um yeah I already have 28 pages no 30 pages and I haven't even gotten into the story I mean the whole I still have so much I have to do so this is going to be a lot of cutting down but that's how I write I write too much and then I cut because it's easier to cut it's harder to make up bullshit it's easier to chop what I have Mm. so yeah to trim the fat it's probably a little bit easier I'm gonna need a really good editor but yeah I have a good, I have someone in mind who is awesome. Nice. <laughs> nice. Well, yeah, and even having that, um, having someone that you can bounce creative ideas off of. You talked about the community of street art. Um, usually, and even writing, uh, 
I might be mistaken, but I believe J.R. Tolkien was she used that moniker as as a way to be taken seriously Are you as a about Rowling, or Tolkien? Rowling, my bad, my <laughs> Rowling. Yeah, I don't. I did. I just mixed both of them. Uh, but uh, it, she used that moniker so that it would be sexually ambiguous and be taken seriously as a writer and not be categorized as just a female writer. You yourself doing working anonymously now. Do you feel any pressure in that way, or would you release your book under your own name, or does that even matter? You know, I'm I'm just curious if if you feel any pressure um, in, in that area. Well, I have thought about that, and I'm. I don't really want to worry about that quite yet because then I won't write the thing. I just need to write the thing first. Yeah. And then if I'm I'm kind of kind of just adopted. I mean, truth is my writing, so it will probably be under that name, especially s- I don't it I don't know. I'm not going to worry about it until we get there, but it'll probably be under truth or it's going to all be related cuz this has just become my pen name at this point. Nice. I like yeah. that. So let's get into that a little bit. Tell me, tell me why the where the pen name came from and why you use the pen name. So, um, besides it being like it's a human, but I think another part of me was insecure about my writing, and everything I write is super personal, so it's all about people in my real life. Nice. <laughs> and so I was also afraid that if I put it under my real name, I would get a bunch of messages from people going, "What the fuck is that me?" Mm. And then I would just kind of have to go, um. And yeah. <laughs> well, and then if you blow up and get super famous, you got the whole Adele situation that could happen, where her shitty ex-boyfriend came back and was like, "Oh, well, I want money from all the records that you sold." Like, what kind of an asshole does that? Did you hear about that? Yeah, I did. That's really stupid. And okay, well then, if you were shitty, you shouldn't have been so shitty if you didn't yeah. want to be written about. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I don't just treat people better. Yeah. And I'm not saying I'm perfect. I've probably been mean to people or you know i don't know i just i'm writing about the messiness of my own life and hopefully somebody else hopefully that in, helps somebody else get through theirs yeah no, yeah totally. totally i i love a lot of your writing i've got a couple of them right here this is one of my favorite end gubs uh is it you or is it the booze that's a great one um this one is honestly my my favorite one and um just for for me yeah you 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 write these things and you put them out there for people to have their own experience with them and it's crazy because they're your words but i have i have a completely different experience with what you're writing and putting out there and that's and i think that that's the fun thing again with with the anonymity not knowing exactly where it came from or who it's directed at but this one's one of my favorite ones and it's i think vulnerability is stronger than having a stiff upper lip and i think that that's I think that that's powerful, and I think that people, uh, you know, nowadays we could be a little bit more vulnerable with each other because we're all going through some kind of shit, you know. So, be nice. <laughs> Don't be mean, everybody. Yeah. But so let's get into the short film. Tell me a little bit about that. So, um, I wrote a short film that is based off of one of my poems. So it's the uh, the one that's it's about wanting the real shit so it's about that moment in a relationship when you have to you know suck it up and be like what is this is this going anywhere is this a thing i can't you know it just hurts too much to be dragged through the mud or whatever like something needs to happen so it's based on that one and there's another 
part of that same longer poem on Melrose right now, which is the you started it, you pulled me in and fuck, here I am. So I'm hoping to get that the money raised for that soon and get that made. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Now, how long would um how long would that short film be? Probably about ten minutes, something okay. like that. It's not too long. Okay. And what kind of how not exact, but ballpark? What kind of finances would you need to? Let's make this happen, OVS, and everybody out there. Let's try and let's try and get this short film up and running. How much would that take? Um, we've budgeted we've budgeted it at about twelve thousand okay. right now, which seems huge to me, but everyone around me is going, no, that's normal, and I'm going, that's a lot of money, but um, I want to do this correctly. I want to pay everybody, you know, for their time, and I want to try my best to tell this particular story to the best of my abilities and i want to hire a great team so i can learn about how to do this yeah and that's one of the things that we've talked about before is having not control of everything but being a part of everything from start to end yeah there are people that might be way more talented in this area and and definitely outsource their expertise but i also want to learn that so that i can do it myself you know i think that that's really great um and yeah, especially when it comes to filming, hanging, lighting is so friggin' important, you know, the little things like that, that people go to college for, you know, so if, I know that me, especially with editing the few, um, the few videos that I've been trying to do, it's, you definitely understand why there's, uh, college courses on all of this, you know, it's pretty interesting. Um, how many cameras shoot would that be? I don't know, I'm assuming, well, I mean, probably one camera. Okay. But different shots, multiple angles. I haven't even gotten to figuring out a shot list. I I mean, I would love to direct one day. I don't think I'll be directing this one because I'll be acting in it. So if this is like my first thing, it's too much to do everything one step at a time. I have a great um, production team on board already, uh, Drama 3-4, who's awesome. And they've been letting me tag along on a bunch of their other things. So I'm kind of putting like dipping my toes in being a production assistant on different different shoots and just seeing what it's like nice because you came out to LA originally for acting correct yes I did nice you went to school for that also or so I went to UCLA for English and I studied acting at a bunch of different studios in LA at the same time so didn't go to university for it but went to a bunch of other training schools to get trained in that Nice, nice. And the acting is still something that you want to move forward with. It's just, you kind of seem like you're the full package in that aspect. It's like you want to be, you want to be the artist that's putting your art, your your work out there like that. Um, And then also having the film, but also having the book, you know, it's, it's kind of flooding every avenue. I think that that's important. I think that it's just learning to live an artistic life. I just want to live an artistic life. And I think that it all feeds into each other because it's all coming from me. So how can I how can I just feed it? How can I help each thing and not judge one avenue over the other? I just want to create. So I feel the same and I think that that helps me helps you from getting caught in a writer's block, you know, because right. you 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 keep your mind and the gears moving in different directions. I mean, also, if one avenue isn't producing the results that you want or you just kind of need a break from it, you have another creative outlet that could continue to bring you joy. Because, I mean, L.A. 
is a bitch of a town and it's rough so if one aspect of art and an artist yeah yeah as an actor and an artist and a writer the number of times i have heard the word no is so many so that's another reason why i was like fuck it i'm gonna put it out in the world i just have to put it out in the world and stop judging myself so much because then i'm not gonna do anything years are gonna pass by where nothing's gonna get done and i can't sit here and i'm gonna go stir crazy i have to do something yeah, LA's a town that'll kill you from encouragement. You'll shake everybody's hands and say, oh yeah, we'll be there, this meeting. You're going to be the next big thing. It's all going to go great. Don't worry, I'll call you tomorrow. It's going to be a thing. It's a lie. Yeah, <laughs> then they never answer the phone. They don't show up to the meetings. Yeah, LA is interesting like Ghosted. that. Yeah. Ghosted. You have to confirm everything like 10 times. Yeah. Yeah, it was funny. Yeah, you you texted me or you messaged me like three times. I was like, yeah, dude, just come on out. It's it's really okay. We're going to be here. I promise. I'm so sorry. I'm so used to people flaking on me, even like 10 minutes before a meeting. I have to confirm everything a million times because I'll write it in my schedule. And once something's in my schedule, I'm going to be there. But not everyone is like that. Yeah, no, definitely. L.A. people are flaky, but you, you, you're you originally from Texas, yeah. where that's a that's a place where people look you in the eye, shake you in the shake your hand and do business like that's how business is done. I'm from Kentucky, where a handshake is as good as a contract, if not a little better, you know, but it's not here, not here. Not here. Yeah, you got to get everything in writing oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then copy that a couple of times, you know. Oh goodness! So yeah, uh, we've got the you've got the short film that you're gonna start working on here pretty soon. Do you have a timeline for any of that? When would you like to have that completed? I thought it would be done by now, yeah. <laughs> but it's not. So my new timeline, which has been a big lesson this year, is uh, letting things go. Ooh. And especially when it comes to projects moving forward, things don't always go the way you plan. Um, I would love to have the money raised by December. Um, I'll be using Seed and Spark which is uh, another crowdfunding campaign kind of a thing, kind of like Indiegogo, but this one is more specifically for film, which is great because they have this little thing on the side where you can also donate like space or we're look- we need food or you know, it's different, and that all counts towards your goal as well. Um, so I'd love to have that done by December, which I've also heard is really hard and a lot of work to raise that money, which is another reason why I'm like, well, of course I'm going to do it the hard way because I yeah. want to learn. yeah. Um, and then I would love to be sitting in September a year from now, having submitted it to festivals. So I would love it to be done within the next year. That's great. Yeah. That's amazing. Would you ever want to have your own public, uh, own publishing company or own production company? I would love to have my own production company. Yeah. I feel like it would probably stem out into not only like film TV, it would probably go literary as well. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Who knows? Who knows what the future holds? It goes back to one of the uh, to what we've spoken about, keeping everything in house, though, making sure that, you know, the less people that can flake out on you, the better, you know, so definitely having the ability to do it all yourself is nice. And finding your tribe, finding your tribe, the people you trust to make cool shit, because why else are we here? Yeah, I would not survive in an office job. That's for sure. I need to be out and about running around. Sometimes my schedule is the craziest thing ever, but I wouldn't change it. I can't imagine being stuck in a cubicle all day. No, yeah, I'd burst into flames in no time for sure. Okay, so in a perfect world, if you had all the resources in the world, if you had any billboard, if you had any 
you know, side of a building that you could write any message on, where would it be and what would the message be? That is a loaded question. Like if you could if you could tag the side of the White House or something. I mean, or I, I don't know if you could if you, or just tell me if you had unlimited resources, what is a project that you would really love to work on? If I had unlimited resources, um, damn, what would I do? I don't know. I would love to do a giant billboard. I think I just want everyone to know that they should be themselves and, like, be a weirdo. And it's cool. And to, to just uniquely live your life for yourself and not someone else's. So I guess I would try to create some poem that says that or some video or movie or something. But to be uniquely and creatively yourself. It's tagging the White House. I probably wouldn't tag the White House because I'm not the biggest fan of politics. No, but, <laughs> but I would love to do a giant billboard in Los Angeles over Melrose, that would be really cool. That would be sick. Mm -hmm. That would be sick. Mm -hmm. So be yourselves, everybody, and stay weird. I'm hanging out with Truth. It's been an amazing time. Tell everybody where they can see your work and um, the Instagram. And uh, Do you have a website? Uh, is any of that coming up? Hopefully website soon. Nice. But right now, um, everything's on Instagram. It's at Truth, T-R-U underscore T-H period underscore. So feel free to message me there. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks for coming out. It's been uh, it's been a pleasure to host you. Thank you for having me. It's been such a great weekend. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, everybody. Well, be sure and follow us on Instagram at Outside Voice Studios. You can follow me at Bo underscore Spencer. And then you can hit up my website, BoSpencer.com and www.OutsideVoiceStudios.com. We got tons of fun stuff coming up. Everybody stay tuned, subscribe, and have a great week. Peace. One more quick thanks to Truth for coming on the show and sweating it out in the studio with me. Just wanted to let you guys know that we're launching an OVS YouTube channel in 2020. Uh, be on the lookout for that. We also have a new series of skate decks, new t-shirts, stickers, all that good stuff coming to you real soon. Um, we'll probably take the rest of the year off. Goodness, it's crazy. We've only got three months left, but we'll take the, uh, the rest of the year and put it all towards 2020. Can't wait to see you guys then. Peace.